On today's Locked On Texan podcast, Cody and I discussed Nick Casario's press conference. Will there be any moves made at the deadlines? And Nick Casario is not necessarily looking too far ahead of the season. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, 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 welcome to this Wednesday episode of the Locked On Texans podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. I'm Texas football analyst, John, some sports guy, Hickman, and of course, joining me as always is your beat reporter for the Houston Texans around this team every day, Sports Illustrated's own credential media member, Cody Davis. I'm back if throwing are, up the H. Back to five oh four. Thank God. If you are new to the Locked On Texans podcast, be sure to subscribe, like, and comment on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And to our returning players from the Himalayas, as always, we thank you for checking us out again as we continue to cover your team every day. For today's episode, Nick Casario shows his appreciation to D'Amico Ryans. I think that's a relationship in terms of success goes mm. hand in hand. So it's good to hear him show his appreciation. Cody and I would dog uh, dig into that. Will there be any moves made at the deadlines? We'll discuss that as well, which is something we discussed on Tuesday episode. So kind of circling back to that. We're going to kick it off with Nick Casario, not necessarily looking too far ahead of the season as this team now sits at three and three. But before we dive into that, forgot to mention something on Tuesday episode. So I got to mention it now. Mm -hmm. The one-year anniversary oh, of the Lord. Houston Texans <laughs> parting ways with their former executive vice president of football oh operations, gosh. your favorite pastor in the city of Houston, former mm, favorite mm, pastor in the mm. city of Houston, Jack Easterby, who came to this franchise back in 2019. As you know, the moment he arrived, there was Brian Gaynor issues. There was mm. Bill O'Brien issues. There mm. was following player rumors. There was mm. so much that went into Jack Easterby's time here in Houston, and three years later, he was let go by the franchise, which was one of the best decisions in recent history for the Houston Texans. Also, shout out to Baby Casario, Place fourth in her cross country meet. I used to run cross country. Yes, sir. Back when I was athletic. By the way, participated in the Texans media combine a couple of days ago. And yeah, John, I think it's safe to say I'm no longer athletic like That's I used okay. to be. Go ahead and admit it. <laughs> but you know what you do now? Instead of being an athlete, you are a reporter. You are yes, a media member. And with that, you had an opportunity to be at the NRG Stadium, as Nick Asirio said in front of the crowd of many reporters and media members, the press conference. And one of the bigger takeaways was for Houston that is sitting at 3-3, three and three, 500 for the first time, and God knows when. Nick Asirio is not looking too far ahead. What's going on with that, Cody? Well, first and foremost, let me just say this. It's kind of ironic 
365 days ago, we came on this show and talked about the departure of Jack Easterby. Because when you take a look at that one Pacific move, that's part of the reason why we're looking at the Houston Texans in a promising light. Because, John, to your point, ever since Jack Easterby walked inside of NRG Stadium, it has just been turmoil after turmoil after turmoil with that organization. You depart from him. 365 days later, everybody is showing love, support, and, and, and their promise, their expectations for this organization. And look, I understand it. I get it. This is a team that's three and three as of right now. However, John, we got to go all the way back to the 2019 season, which was the last time the Texans entered the bye week with a winnable record. And a lot of people, including us here on this show, we have talked a lot about what is at stake for the Houston Texans for their final 11 games for the 2023 season because not only do they have a chance to finish the year and surpass their win total, probably surpass it from when you combine their last win total from 2021 and 2022, there's a possibility that the Texans could win over seven games for this upcoming season because not only do you not have, not only do you have the coach, not only do you have the players, but at the same time, you have a schedule that is favorable. We already talked about what the remaining games will be for this organization moving forward. However, the one thing that I did love about Nick Casario, even though a lot of people like us are talking about them finishing the year with a really good record, possibility of them winning this division, a possibility of them making the playoffs. Nick Casario isn't looking too far ahead. Right now, his mind and his and, and, and his immediate plan is how to get this organization better leading up to their week eight match against the Carolina Panthers. Probably echo a lot of the same sentiments that D'Amico had yesterday. Um, you know, we're in a decent spot. I mean, a lot of work in front of us. Long way to go. I mean, three wins basically gets you zero in this league. So, um, you know, we got a lot of work in front of us. I think the focus this week is trying to clean up some things relative to our team. Practice tomorrow. Try to, you know, work on some of the areas that we think we can improve. Do a little bit of a self-scout. Um, you know, personnel. Are we using the players the right way? Um, and then start to think about Carolina. Um, good football team. I mean, I don't know what their record is. I mean, we can't do anything about that, but they got a lot of good players. So each week's a challenge. Um, I mean, half the league is three and three or three and two, right? I mean, so like nobody's done anything to this point. So, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. I mean, we haven't done anything. We've earned what we've earned. Um, a lot of work in front of us. So, um, you know, players have done a good job to this point, but, you know, 11 games left. So, it's a week-to-week endeavor in this league, and that's how we're approaching it. Nothing more, nothing less. First off, two things really quick. One, I think my favorite quote is when he said, at the time, most teams are either 3-3 three and three or 3-2. Three and two. John, I love that quote because the Houston Texans are in the mix of things. But two of most importantly, my favorite thing about Nick Casario in his press conference that we did on yesterday, he doesn't no. look stressed. Yeah, this is a great, it's a great takeaway. Great takeaway. <laughs> he doesn't look stressed. He, he wasn't rambling on. It's just like a weight was lifted off his shoulders because, look, Later on in the show, we're going to talk about him giving a lot of credit to a lot of people, especially D'Amico Ryans, for the turnaround that the Houston Texans have been on throughout this whole entire season. However, he does deserve a lot of that credibility as well because, once again, 365 days ago, him, the McNairs, they made the decision to depart from Jack Easterweek. And as I mentioned, to open up this segment, we are now looking at this team with the possibility to do something special for this season. 
Yeah, and I like that he mentioned, you know, of course, the, around the league, everybody's around three and three. And this is a great opportunity for the team here in Houston to, you know, clean up some things and improve. Um, I also like that he's looking at Carolina. And, of course, nobody necessarily is going to outright and say we're going to play a bad team. But I think for Houston, mm-hmm. they're kind of – he's one of their leaders, and it's good to hear – him say, hey, listen, we still got some things to improve on. And any given Sunday, you can see a team lose. Any given Sunday, you can see a team win. And looking at Carolina, and I'm kind of looking ahead as well, but that is their next immediate opponent. And they're getting some time to prepare and get ready because they win that game. They sit in four and three. You look at a Houston Texan team that's in a much better position after that week. So not necessarily looking too far ahead, but making sure that they stay on course. And also, he mentioned, you know, just getting better here in house and looking at personnel and things like that. Uh, to that, and this is something we can look at, you know, maybe next week. But in terms of personnel, another opportunity for Houston to not necessarily just look around the NFL in terms of personnel, but in house contributions and who can improve on this roster. So, of course, we saw it in the game against. The New Orleans Saints personnel decisions were made to give Devin Singletary some more carries. And I'm also looking at the personnel decisions that could be made throughout this week and next week on whether or not the coaching staff, uh, general manager, Nick Asiri on and on, and on down, excuse me, look at X Hutchinson as a player that they maybe mm. want to get more involved in, maybe within the run. And that was a role that they tried to give to Tangdale. X Hutchinson was a little bit more effective, mm-hmm. excuse me, in his two opportunities two carries for 14 yards, and in what ways can they look at the players that they have on their roster, and in what ways can they maximize their roles and potentials. And so for Nick Casario, not looking too far ahead doesn't necessarily mean looking at the the next matchup versus the Jacksonville Jaguars, of course, and that's like six games out, five games out. Mm -hmm. But not looking too far ahead really means still looking at what we have here at home in the NRG Stadium and how can we use this additional time to maximize the potential of the players already on the 53-man roster? And I also love that he gave a shout-out to Khalil Davis, one of my favorite players on this team so far mm-hmm. on the defensive side of the ball because he's a baller. He's a guy that goes out there and make plays. And so to your point, before I wrap it up, he, he does not look stressed, right? <laughs> and he didn't want a vest either. This didn't might be the vest. first time I, I, I'd seen him without the vest. He didn't wear a vest. He looked like a guy that was, you know, uh, just had a beer before the press conference. Kind of cool, <laughs> calm, and collected. Um, we gave him a grade on yesterday. I think we both kind of improved his grade, just kind of looking at how the things are playing out right now. But I love his approach, man. And no GM is going to come out and say, ah, we're not worried about that. But I do love his approach of not looking too far ahead because he knows that there's still work to be had here at home. Uh, but next, outside of homes, outside of home, excuse me, will there be any moves at the deadline? Cody will get into that because I thought that his response was very interesting. Hey guys, our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best. Fantasy picks each week all season long, whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire for myself because I need a running back right now. Every week, we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's peep man on Vinny Iyer 
and see who he has picked out on this week's eBay Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. We're going to look at the wide receiver position. Now, I know you guys may not like the quarterback in Atlanta, but Drake London is starting to show why the Falcons drafted him first among the many talented wide receivers back in the 2022 draft and why he has a hot sleeper in the 2023 fantasy draft, why he was a hot sleeper in the 2023 fantasy draft. London has found his groove in the offense with Desmond Ritter in the past two weeks. He has caught 15 of his 21 targets for 203 yards. He draws another good spot in week seven against the Buccaneers who have struggled to contain team's number one wide receivers. <laughs> Nico Collins should have a good day. But mm. we'll keep looking at Drake London. London is guaranteed to keep bringing the pleasing production with great matchups ahead against the Titans, the Vikings, the Cardinals before a week 11 bye. Vinny Iyer <clears throat> from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship, and eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it, and with eBay Guarantee Fit, is guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Motor Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Football season is here, and Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On NFL Kickoff Live. Each Friday, Locked On will go live at 2 p.m. Eastern time on every Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Host Tanitra Batiste, Jarvis Davis, Kyle Krabs will break down every game on the NFL slate to get you ready for your team's matchup, your fantasy lineups, your betting angles, much more, of course, is all coming with that package. Plus, you get the in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts across the country who knows these teams better than anyone else. Find Locked On NFL kickoff live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern time on any Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Cody, the press conference was really juicy. Hmm. Tuesday show, we talked about whether or not it makes sense for Houston to go out there and improve their roster by looking outside Hmm. of the franchise. (laughs) Trade deadline is at the end of the month. I think Houston does have some... 14 days away, I think Houston does have some holes that can be filled. And I believe as of right now, they are sitting around $5.5 million in salary cap. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, guys, make sure that you take time out to follow, follow Texans Cap on Twitter. He does a very great job of breaking down only contracts, but film breakdown and the whole nine. But when you look at any moves that can be made at the deadline, Nick Casario feels like blank. Hey, man, with the trade Yeah, zero. I mean, we're going to look at our team, figure out is there an opportunity to add a player that we think can help us. If there is, great, we'll pursue it. And if there's not, then we won't. Like, we feel comfortable with the players that are in the building, that are on the team. Uh, say we've had to use our depth 
um, across positions here, whether it's the offensive line. You know, we brought players up from the practice squad that we've elevated that have impacted us in a kicking game, like D'Angelo Ross, as an example. So, you know, we've talked about this. It's really one through 70 or one through 69, however many players in the building. So focus on those players. And if there's somebody externally that we think can come in here and really have a defined role and have an impact, then we'll certainly look into that. If there's not, then we won't. And there's always a financial component of this as well. I mean, there's a certain cost associated with the contract that you take on. So how much are you paying for that player? What's the cost? Can you fit them under the cap? I mean, we have, I would say, a pretty good working budget for the duration of the year. So we could take on a certain level of contract, but if it's more than that, then, okay, we cut half the team or, you know, have to do a little bunch of cap manipulations, which you just push everything out to future years. It's not a good way to run a team. It's not a good way to run a business. So try to make good decisions, try to identify some players that may or may not be able to help us. You might be on a practice squad, might be on the street, you might be on a roster. So, I mean, whatever happens to the trade deadline, happens to the trade deadline. I would say over the last you know, couple of weeks, there's been, I don't know, a handful of trades that have been, that's taken place. I mean, they've been basically six, seven flips or late round picks. So it's really for nothing. So if there's a player that maybe fits that bill, fits that category, we'll look at it. Um, if, if there's not, then, then we won't do anything. You guys just heard the response that Nick Casario gave to me when I asked him about whether or not the success of the team is going to impact what they're going to do with the trade deadline coming up. However, John, listeners and viewers, I do believe that Nick Casario and Coach D'Amico Ryans will explore the trade market and see if they could bring in a player that could actually help, but only if it makes sense financially plain and simple because i look at this from a standpoint and john you alluded to this a couple of days ago and we talked about this similar um topic they're not going to go out there and add somebody that's going to be a quote-unquote star caliber player the best example i could give is when you take a look at the Denver broncos they're going to be sellers at the deadline there's a lot of great players on that roster that they're going to put out there on the trading block. And as right now, Jerry Judy is a guy that's going to be on the trade market. I'm actually expecting him to get moved at the trade deadline. However, I don't I don't expect Coach D'Amico Ryans and Nick Casario to go after somebody like Jerry Judy because I think he's going to change too much of the dynamic that the wide receiving core and this offense and this franchise has established plain and simple if they do bring in somebody from if they do bring in somebody at the deadline it's going to be somebody that's going to add to their depth because the one thing that Nick Casario talked about a lot whether it was my question or whether it was other questions about other players i.e like a Khalil Davis he talked a lot about this team having a lot of depth and we all know especially due to the injuries that the Texans in 2023, it might be in their best interest to make sure you have a lot of depth at several positions because you never know what can happen. Or you could just have quality complimentary guys that can go out there and execute what you want to do that's going to put you in a best situation to succeed. Or you could explore the market and see if there's a team out there that is willing to move on from a running back that oh, on his Lord. career oh my rushes, do has it. rushes for 4.6 yards per carry, has uh before he landed in at this new team, has four 1,000 yard seasons in a row. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about calling up the New York Jets. No, and, and 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 figuring out, hey, y'all not using him, he's not working out for y'all right now. Uh, how does a late round pick sound for Dalvin Cook? 
Uh, you know, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. You know, and I, and I say that because listen, financially, I think whatever the Jets are paying him right now, and I don't, I can't remember the exact number. And I thought when he signed with the New York Jets, I thought that was kind of weird, considering they also had Brees Hall. But if they traded for him, I don't think it'd be a financial hit. Uh, I also will look at this as a situation for both sides to get an opportunity to see moving forward whether or not this is a situation that works best for both parties. You know, for for the Texans, okay, are you going to play well after we trade for you? And if so, how are you going to look in our system under Bobby Slork and would it make sense for us to bring you back next year? For Dalvin Cook, I'm pretty sure he still wants to prove whether or not he can be a top-ish running back in the NFL. But offensively, we know that this team is driven by the offense. We know that this team is not only driven by the offense, but it's driven by the passing game. And we can't sit here on this show week in, week out, through six weeks now, and talk about well, we got to get the running game going, use the pass to open up the run. And we can't talk about how, how minimum – the running game has been for the Houston Texans on most occasions and not look to upgrade that position. And I think the New York Jets is a team that could be selling players. Uh, Carl Lawson is a guy at DN who, you know, I would look at beefing up the defensive line, but more specifically the D tackle spot. I wouldn't be mad if Houston went out there and looked at a Daniil Hunter and moved on from Jerry Hughes. But I also look at Jerry Hughes as a guy that his veteran leadership means something, and he's on his last year of his deal. Hometown kid, hometown man, excuse me. So maybe they wouldn't be so eager to move on from him. He's decent in his role, even though his that speed, he's lost a step a little bit. But I would, I would, I would implore Houston to call the Jets about Dalvin Cook. I would. Also, uh, the Denver Broncos. If y'all having a yard sale like y'all should be having a yard sale, no, nah, I don't know y'all in Colorado. No, nah, we don't want no, we don't want no smoke. We don't want no Zai. We don't want none of that. But we would like one of those running backs that have ran well for the Denver Broncos. Giving Houston an upgrade with at the running back room, right? You add another player, another dynamic player, a dynamic player to that running back room could potentially open up this offense. So y'all might kill me, Cody, you might kill me, but I wouldn't be upset <laughs> if Houston at the trade deadline looked at those two teams, those two franchises and said, you got a player that either A, will probably like to get out of his situation in the New York Jets, or you got a franchise over here that is probably about to burn it all down. Uh, I'm going to make a call and see what I can offer. Late round pick, give me that player. Let's move forward. Let's upgrade our offense. I got a couple issues with this. First and foremost, what, take, are, you gonna, what are you going to do with Devin Singletary and Damian Pierce? And how are you going to have a running back? How are you going to have a running back room with three potential backs? Like, how 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 are you going to split the up the entire carries? league? How many? How many? How many? Teams have a number one running back in the NFL. No, but the no, teams you got, that you got CMC in San Fran. Yeah, you got CMC. You, you B, got you got not even Bijan in Atlanta because Tyler uh, Tyler Algier gets about ten to twelve carries a game. Off the top and of my when, head, there's two because you can also mention um, Derrick Henry in Tennessee. Derrick, so that's Derrick Henry. So that's and, two. But what team do you know that has not one, not two? 
but three quality running backs. See the, the but all the at the same Based time. Off of what we've seen so far this season, can we say that Houston has? If they add one of those running backs, will it be three quality running backs? The, the, yes. the running attack for Houston has been nearly non-existent. So why not upgrade that to add to your offense that has put up thirty points, has put up scoring points? Why not add that? Why I under, I understand. What are we, what are we doing? It. I understand that Damian Pierce is going through a sophomore slump. Even offensive coordinator Bobby Sloyd talked about it last week, how they're still trying to figure out getting accustomed to the Russian attack under him. I get all that. I understand it. We're not about to go into the whole the offensive line was hurting all this other stuff. However, even though Damian Pierce is having himself, I'm going to just go ahead and say it, a terrible season at this point. He is still a promising running back that's young and has a lot of thread on the tire. And we okay, so saw when is Sunday the trade against when is the trade deadline. When is the trade deadline? 14 days. It's Halloween night, Tuesday, October 31st. And okay. we saw Sunday how you split the reps with Devin Singletary and look what you was able to do with your backfield with the Russian attack. So it, it was arguably if not the best of the why season. Why would I make a why would I trade for a running back? It doesn't make me. sense because look. In two weeks, the Houston Texans take on the Carolina Panthers. Uh-huh. Right? Two days later, it's the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Houston could potentially be sitting at four and three. Now, right. depending on what happens during this bye week and that following week, they could either inch up to be uh, a number one or a half a game, or they could get that seventh uh, wild card spot. The seven spots now. So, and because they're half a game out right now. So, there's a potential that Houston could either secure as of right now, if the season stopped at that point, they could be the front runners for the division or be right there in the mix because they're right there in the mix right now for that, in, that final wild card spot. You're telling me that if I'm a general manager of a team that I desperately really, he still needs to see this team improve based off of. His history as general manager, you want to see this team make the playoffs. You want to see this team make a push. You're telling me that it doesn't make sense to figure out how can I improve offensively when I can see about Dalvin Cook or one of those running backs in Denver because of based off what we've had so far, what is the Achilles heel for this offense? But that's- It hasn't necessarily been the offensive line because, I mean, even with the injuries, they've played decent enough three games with no sacks. The wide receivers at times have shown up. Nico Collins have shown up. Dalton Schultz starting to show up. It's been the running room. Why not upgrade it? But that because it, at least in my opinion, there's other positions that you can go out and add depth to the room, i.e. Like the defensive line unit. Like, they definitely need – Hunter in Minnesota, I think – I would rather them give up a, a, a sixth, seventh, or whatever it would take in order to get Hunter than bring it in – Delvin Cook, okay, who no, by no, the no. way, who by the way is scheduled to make at least uh, guarantee 5.8 million. I understand majority of that is probably going to be worked out with the New York Jets. Woo to woo woo. You do what you got to do with the financial standpoint. But to me, I just think there might be a other positions of need that you can do to help this team in the long term. I.e., you mentioned the offensive line. We still have a vacancy at left guard, even though Titus Howard has been doing okay at that. But so the, the I just is, don't the, think the, the depth is there for the O line. We what other what other positions on this team 
is struggling as much as the running back position. But that's the thing, John. The only reason why majority of the struggles that we've seen in the rushing attack is due to whatever is going on with Damian Pierce. Now, so upgrade the problem. So what are you going to do with D? You can't play all three running backs. Are that's what I'm saying. Are we trying to win games or are we trying to appease players? In the so, 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 so I'm asking you. You bring in Delvin Cook. How are you going to split the carries? How are you going to utilize all three of those running backs? That's what I'm still I'm I'm trying to figure. I'm trying as, to make this make sense okay. because, as, like as I mentioned, a coach as a head, you as a head need coach, somebody coordinator. I'm putting the best players out on the field. You're right. You're right, and that goes back to what we talked about last week. Just split the reps with Devin Singletary, who did a phenomenal job on Sunday. He was arguably, I'm not going to say the best running back because Alvin Kamara still did his thing, but he was by far the second best running back on the field Sunday. And okay. I think that's the that's okay. what they're going to do moving forward. I just okay. don't see if they make a move at the trade deadline, it's going to be to add depth because if Delvin Cook, get traded from the New York Jets. They're going to trade him to a team where he can go somewhere and still establish himself as running back number one and as arguably one of the top running backs in the league. If he comes here to Houston, that's not going to happen. <laughs> You're telling me Dalvin Cook ain't better than what Houston has no, right now. I'm, I'm not saying that Delvin Cook isn't better than what the Texans have right now. I'm just saying if you bring in Delvin Cook, one is going to change up the, the, the dynamic of what the Houston Texans has already found in that game against the Saints. But two, and most importantly, he is not going to be in a position. They're not going to feature him as RB1. Okay. It, it just right. doesn't make sense. Okay. Now listen, I'm, I'm about winning games and putting the best players out on the field. And you don't think, so you think, so really quick, I just want to know. Your comment you was before every, you said when they split carries, Devin Singletary was good. Yeah, on Sunday he was. Okay, that's and that's coming guy. off a week, but that's coming off a week where he didn't get no type of carries. You call for him to get carries, both of them had 13 carries, and look what happened. And like you mentioned, John, to your point, not too many teams have RB number ones. I get that, I understand it. But I just don't see a world where the Texans bring in Delvin Cook and you literally have three running backs that you really like. It, it just doesn't make sense to me. If the Texans go out there and make a move, one, as what Nick Casario said, financial sense. But two, and most importantly, I think it's just going to all determine adding depth to certain positions. And as of right now, I don't see a move, i.e. a Delvin Cook's move, being that for the Texans right now. I just don't see it. Do you ever feel like your brain is just getting in its own way? Don't feel bad. We've all been there. I've been there. And at times with a baby on the way, I still feel like sometimes I just can't get out of my own way because my brain just won't cut off or keep thinking. And sometimes I try to figure out what should I do, what's good for me. And sometimes I can't, honestly. But Guys, honestly, better help with this therapy. It helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of working against yourself. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suitable to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire. You get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time with no additional charge. Make your brain your friend 
with BetterHelp. So do me a favor. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on to get 10% off your first month. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Welcome back in, Locked On Texans listeners and viewers. I hope you guys enjoy Cody and I back and forth. I'm, I'm that's still appalled, man. That's like, one wow. thing that we love to get into. If you guys, if you ever listen to our rundown days, which is a long time ago now, right? <laughs> but Cody, Nick Casario showed appreciation to D'Amico Ryans, his head coach, and I'm pretty sure that he's like, D'Amico, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> but those two men have worked well together. They constantly – you know, kind of glowingly talk about their working relationship and how they bounce ideas off of one another. So the bye week was a perfect opportunity for the general manager. And I believe at some point we will hear from Demico Ryans to do the same, but just to kind of show that love and give appreciation, excuse me, to his head coach. Yes, sir. First and foremost, shout out to the GOAT, John McClain. He was the very first one to ask the question um, during Nick Casario's press conference on yesterday. And he asked, you know, how how did he feel about, about the success that he is experiencing so far this year with the players that he signed throughout free agency, like a Devin Singletary, like a Dalton Schultz, um, you know, like a Robert Woods. And not only that, when you take a look at the dra- the players that he drafted, i.e. CJ Will, we can go on and on. But most importantly, the people that he hired, i.e. D'Amico Ryans, you know, he was asked about, you know, just how much credit does he take for the success? And Nick Casario deflected all of the success to everybody throughout this organization, to ownership, to the scouting department, to, of course, the players who was going out there on the field every single Sunday showcasing what they can do, especially in the run, especially somebody like Devin Singletary, when you give him an opportunity to go out there and have, you know, equal snap like Damian Pierce, and he goes out there and prove your rushing attack to prove that it doesn't make sense to go out there and make a trade for a running back. I just want to throw that out there. But, and all honestly, you know, Nick Casario – showed his appreciation to everybody who has helped make this season a success so far, but he especially went out his way to show his love, appreciation, his admiration for head coach D'Amico Ryans. I think D'Amico and the coaching staff deserve a tremendous amount of credit for, you know, what we've done where we are. I mean, I'd say just specifically D'Amico. I mean, he's everything that I think we hoped and thought he would be. I mean, as good of a coach he is, he's a better person and a human being. Players love playing for him. Players want to be here. Um, so, I mean, I think there's a lot of other people that, you know, certainly deserve credit for the performance of the players and you know, what they've done to this point. Yeah, I mean, outstanding. I mean, I don't – any superlative that you have, I mean, applies to him. And I said it earlier, as great of a coach as he is, he's even a better person than a human being. I think his consistency, his sincerity, sincerity on a day-to-day basis is real. His energy is real. He probably wishes he could still play. Um but that, I would say, emotion, that juice, that permeates the building, and the players feel that, and it's real. It's not as if it's made up, and he's very consistent. I mean, we were 0-2, and his mindset and message to the team wasn't any different than when we started the season. And the message to the team yesterday that were 3-3 three and three was, you know what, it's nice to win, but there's a lot of things that we can do better. And, and that's the truth. So I think he tells the truth. He keeps it real. I think the players respect him. Um, 
I mean, it's been, it's been outstanding. I have a lot of respect, appreciation, admiration for him. I and mean, it's only grown over these last, you know, hundred months that, you know, we've been together and anything that I can do to support him, then I'm going to be there for him. I just wanted to highlight that as one of the top takeaways from um, Nick Casario's press conference, because we opened up the show joking how he doesn't look stressed. You know, he actually looks happy. He actually looks like, you know, he's on to something special. I just wanted to highlight that his relationship with Coach D'Amico Rhines, because that's something that Nick Casario, whether his wrongdoings or not, whether bad coaching hires or not, or whether whatever the case might be, that's something he has not had throughout his three-year tenure as the general manager for this organization. And you can tell that it's genuine. And not only that, you can tell that both of those guys have a strong working relationship with. And the one thing, every time I look back at the coaching searches that Nick Casario had, when I look at how him and D'Amico Ryan started working together and what they have built so far um, seven weeks into the season. The one thing that I always go back to is what Nick Casario said. I believe it was right after they departed from David Cully and right before they started the search where they randomly got Lovey Smith. He said one of the things that he wants to do is find a head coach where they can build sustainable success. Nick Casario, you've done a Tremendous job in hiring Coach D'Amico Ryan's. And as of right now, both of you guys are on the verge of building sustainable success here in the city of Houston. Keep Absolutely. doing your thing, man. And um, one last thing. Don't listen to John for advice <laughs> on what position you need to upgrade by the trade. No, 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 I'm just playing. But kudos to Nick Casario, man. Um, there was a lot more I really want to get into in terms <clears throat> of this press conference, especially the things that he had to say about C.J. Stroud. John, you and I will touch on that for tomorrow's show because we have a very funny, interesting topic that I, I, I do want to talk about for tomorrow's show in terms of cj and the former franchise quarterback that used to be here but nick casario had a phenomenal press conference man and at the end of the day it doesn't matter how much he tried to downplay it him this team D'Amico, the players they're on something special thank you guys for listening to today's episode of the locked on texans podcast be sure to subscribe like and comment on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast, give me a follow on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. Had a great fun show today. The energy was there and the back and forth was probably my favorite part. So make sure that you guys continue to listen throughout the week as we continue to cover your team every day. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, it's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.